Jonathan Edwards once wrote, When we behold the light and brightness of the sun, the golden edges of an evening cloud, or the beauteous bow, we behold the sketches of God's glory and goodness. Join Adam Howell, Ryan Hanley, and Caleb Niedemeyer as we discuss living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. Welcome back to Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Niedemeyer, joined, as always, by Ryan Hanley and Adam Howell. Guys, we've had our, uh, our sabbaticals. We've written all of our, our books uh, that, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that we were on tap to write. And yeah. by all of them, I mean none of none them. Of them. <laughs> but we are, we are back uh, in 2018. This is our 30-year podcasting and our 14th episode. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Because we, we did start it. We have not been doing this for three years. Yeah, no, no, no. We it's started, our third year. So we started in 2016, yeah. but it was like summer. June. Yeah. And then did almost nothing last year. <laughs> and we're not even a full month. Well, I guess we're a full month into 2018. So, so. technically, this is our third year podcasting. <laughs> you have three years we've, of experience. We've gotten probably 14 episodes since. So. We still can't figure out how to get two mics hooked up. That's right. <laughs> we still can't figure out how to I still don't have a dissertation done yet either. So. <laughs> Through the 12-year history of Oaks of Righteousness, Ryan Hanley was writing his dissertation. The last episode, <laughs> they finally revealed that he was done. Oh, man. This is awesome. Um, hey, speaking of your dissertation, I have a... I have a... This is... This, leave it Do in I need notes? No. Do I need to I take notes? Uh, I saw an ancient source today, the Warka vase. I'll show it to you later. Okay. That might depict people that you need to see. Okay. Thank you. Leave that in. Let's go. Okay. So today we are <laughs> going to try to discuss the affections and general revelation. We've talked quite a bit about um, the affections in relation to the church, um, scripture, prayer, uh, some of those spiritual disciplines. But Adam, you had brought up wanting to discuss how Jonathan Edwards, uh, before he was saved, truly converted, he, he had a fear of storms, of a fear of being caught uh, within those storms, which I, I think most people did. I think of Martin Luther. He's another mm-hmm. guy. Uh, the big storm changed his life. But then after Edwards' conversion... He enjoyed going out and just enjoying the power and splendor of the storm because it pointed directly back to who God was. And so you had the idea of how do the natural revelation, maybe even art, music, things of that nature, how does that impact our affections as Christians? And I don't really have too many questions based on that. <laughs> but, Go. But that's kind of the idea that we're going to try to play around with today. So let's start off with maybe what the difference between, I'm trying to think of how to phrase, like what would be the difference between a Christian enjoying art versus a pagan enjoying art? What would, where would the, the difference be? Is there a difference? Pagan, un- uncircumcised Philistine, if you will. I was say, maybe find a little less harsh <laughs> term to use no, right. The demon-oppressed pagan who kills things for fun. We, we had one prof in college who would always call them, call them uncircumcised Philistines. And when wow. you're talking to uncircumcised Philistines, you're like, what? I'm going to have to start using that one. I've worked Sheol into my vocabulary pretty regularly now, but... Um, I can... I'll... 
I don't. You brought up the idea of the difference between non-Christian and Christian. I'm thinking in terms of this topic with encouraging Christians to how how can you leverage natural revelation or general revelation to enhance those affections, so to speak. If not that we would even be implying that the Spirit's work is insufficient, right? But that's what I had in mind. So, do you have better thoughts on? This Christian, I mean, no. The, the, the first thing that popped into my head is if, like, a non-Christian and a Christian can both experience a storm, obviously, and have strong visceral emotional responses to it. And so, what I was curious about is how does that relate to affections? And I couldn't remember three years ago what we decided <laughs> the affections were. We'll just call it three years from now because <laughs> technically it works. It's like a ancient Near Eastern way of measuring time. So yeah, that, that, that was just a distinction that I think would be helpful to think through at least a little bit. We don't have to spend hours on it or anything like that, but you know, what, what makes a Christian's response to a storm or art or music of some kind different than a non-Christian response to those things? What's, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course that would naturally lead into, do we seek those things out? I'm going to say yes right off the bat and that you're not manipulating the spirit by doing so, but that you are engaging God where he is Mm -hmm. and can be found. But anyway, so no, that's, that's, uh, I'm going to just quickly go down this distinction path between an emotion and an affection just quickly, because I think that that helps me in thinking through not only the distinction of a non-Christian and a Christian, but also how Christians should be careful about what moves them as it relates to being spirit-led. So, And I think this was Edward's concern, too, with writing the religious affections, is you can raise your hands and run down an aisle and roll around on the floor. That's neither here nor there as it relates to what is a genuine movement of the spirit in the affections. That's his, that's his book, Religious Affections, right? These things don't tell you one way or the other whether you're experiencing religious affections during the First Great Awakening. These things, however, do tell you whether you're experiencing affections during the first great awakening, right? Believer would have the work of the Spirit in their life, so these natural revelation things would enhance the person's understanding of God in that created order and under and loving God more and hating sin more, but that's the work of the Spirit, even though maybe the storm would give them that picture or the music would stir the soul in such a way that the affections are, I'm going to use the word enhanced, but I can't, Again, I don't want to imply that the Spirit's work is insufficient. Versus an unbeliever might experience those same feelings, but that's what I'm going to distinguish off as an emotion. I know that's a petty distinction, an affection versus an emotion, but that helps me. And I know that, like, I think even if you're you're defining those terms well in a conversation, I could probably say that I, I could agree with you, yes, they're identical things. But... As in my mind, by making that distinction, I can look at something like music, let's say, where I think most Christians can and should ask the question, am I being affected by the Spirit of God through the truths of God that I'm hearing in this song, or am I being moved by the kick drum and the beat of the song? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So music in and of itself has the ability to move us. Um, I, the song I think about is the Night at the Roxbury when they start bobbing <laughs> their heads, which, I mean, it's dumb, right? What is but, that? 
but you <laughs> like think get a kid like I, we were watching a video of Nora the other day from four years ago she was standing on her bed Liz turned on music started playing she started dancing yeah like she does it moves her you see what I'm saying yeah. music has that capacity which if we're believers if the spirit is at work has full value to enhance that affection but it also the warning for the Christian is you could be moved by that emotion of the music and not be genuinely experiencing affection. The non-believer is only going to be moved by the emotion, which is why concerts and yeah. uncircumcised Philistine concerts are so <laughs> extravagant and wild because the music moves them, but in a very non-spiritual way. So, so, so what you're maybe what you're arguing for is for discernment With, yeah. within as a believer, you have to discern. Music, art, storms, what is actually happening within me because this person right next to me who I know, I know he doesn't have the Spirit of God, he's being moved, but what is the movement towards, from, and mm-hmm. who's causing that? Which, which in my mind asks the question, am I, am I experiencing a genuine affection that is a movement of the Spirit of God in my heart or am I falsely making a display of religious behavior. And that is, I, that is really picky. Like, I get it. But that's that's the first question. The second thing that I would say in this whole discussion is for the believer, if those things, if walking out in the storm gives us a clear picture of God's power and judgment and those those images, and that fuels our affections, then, like Ryan said, let's pursue those things. Uh, music, like the, the the distinction between or the struggle of am I experiencing a real affection or am I falsely displaying religious behavior as an emotion shouldn't lead us to discard music because we don't ever want to falsely display religion as an emotion. We should beg the Spirit of God to fuel our affections using these these beautiful and true and good things that he has put into the created order. That's that's my so that's all I got. Here's here's a a thought about so I'm trying to think if the way that we experience something like music or art elicits elicits some kind of emotional response. I guess what I'm trying to think it seems like the maybe in my head and I don't think you're saying this, maybe Maybe you are, but um, it's not as if the believer has the spirit adding something to that experience, that art, that music, or whatever, so that the believer enjoys something differently than than the unbeliever would. I guess, and the reason I'm saying is, it seems like maybe more the other way around, the non-believer is not enabled to see the thing for what it really is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it it, is a it's a deprivation of seeing through the glass clearly for the non-believer to look at a storm or a sunset and not be moved to worship God because it's clearly displays how, how mighty he is or something like that. Maybe. And I don't know like functionally if that makes any difference whatsoever from what you're just saying. I I feel like thinking about it that way is helping me try to distinguish between the two things, I guess, a little bit better. And, and you're using the term affection and emotions, which I'm fine with. I mean, you've got to have some kind of word to mm. distinguish between the two. 
I think it still works um, because even if you take those two, so the distinction between a believer seeing that general revelation, peace, music, weather, whatever it is, for what it really is, a display of God's beauty and goodness and truth versus the unbeliever, I think is, uh, to it feels like to me that enhances the warning for the believer to view these things, to view the world as God's gift right. versus viewing it just like any other uncircumcised listing. Right. And then <laughs> like thinking you have to sort of be sanctified into some kind of higher view that doesn't really exist. Yeah. So so can I get there's there's two things that have come to my mind that I really really want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> One Are you like totally derailing us right now? Yeah, kind okay, of good. a little bit. One is all of the articles by a certain group when a new movie comes out that redeems the movie for whatever gospel okay. light can come out of it. All right? So as a Christian, this is how you should view this movie. But then you read all the other reviews that are from Nacre. You're like, it's nowhere there in that. Like, they don't have that at all. So I'm wondering if that is a helpful distinction or if that's just something that we're, we're uh, overreaching. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes I think it's because those things aren't really there. And we're, we're just <laughs> it's gonna be like, trying to find, hey, some, I've got something. Let me try this. Some kind of redemptive value in a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking of more, and I think there's place in this discussion for your question, certainly. I'm thinking more of like natural, innate phenomena. Okay. Like that music moves everybody, that storms have an effect on everybody versus like, oh, a particular group is trying to find redemptive value in something that is entirely secular or something of that nature. So it's not like there's, I'm not thinking of necessarily an attempt to go find truth in something secular as just those things that. Well, I think you could. I I think there are some groups who are, who are reviewing movies or talking about the redemptive value of a movie because there is really something there that as a culture, as a, as a, Humanity, we long for. Um, so when it when somebody saves mm-hmm. someone's life and everyone cheers, it's because we see value in that. We see value in, in sacrifice and rescue. We like yeah. the good to win out, and that's that's a powerful. Well, if you want to call it emotion, that's in us that ought to be an affection. Mm-hmm. If we're making that distinction, yeah. No, and I I said my comment to say that I don't have anything to add to that because that's yeah. not my mind. I'm not in that headspace, but you're yeah. exactly right, yeah. Brian, on that. I am totally t- trying to derail you. What, <laughs> what would you say then about, let's say, like, buildings and art? Like, a building is a type of art, architecture. Right. Um, so you have, like, Nebuchadnezzar who walks around and he says, look at this, I've, I've built all this. He has an emotional response to that. It's a prideful one. But... Should a Christian look around at buildings and say, "Wow, God's helped somebody design this"? Or I'm I'm curious on on that. Um, I mean, I can give you my experience with buildings. Is and you don't think I'm weird? Everybody's gonna think I'm this weird guy that I'm like, analyzing everything <laughs> in life now based on effect. Not that you probably already thought I was weird, but like I'll look at buildings and structures, and I don't think about the facade of it, but like how is this thing standing up? Like, so that, that's physics, you know, and you're just like, unbelievable. And then you get into the issue of like God 
gave somebody a brain to figure this out, right. and mathematics just works this way that a building would stand. I'm thinking, you started mentioning buildings, and I immediately try to think, oh, what are the most beautiful buildings I've ever been in that would kind of display this? And I'm like, even the the domed citadels in Europe of, of the that I'm like, how does a who built that? How did they get that to stay up there? Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of astonished at what how what God created humans to do. Even if those humans were could care less about him when they were building it, this is. Yeah. I think ultimately those things are either going to, and I think this is what the Spirit does. They're either going to point you to God or to something other yeah. than God. Yeah. So, but even a pagan can stand in Notre Dame right. and say, "Wow, this is amazing." Know? Yeah. And then what? Yeah. Like, what do I do with this? Like, what does this emotion lead me to do? I think that's where you know we would distinguish that the spirit would use that to evoke awe and worship mm-hmm. in a in a believer whereas the non-believer might experience worship but of something or someone else mm-hmm. other than God or of the thing itself if it's right. a building right. you know or, does that help answer your question yeah no, no. I'm just trying to ask questions. <laughs> they come into my head <laughs> got 14 more minutes to fill now what are we going to talk about I mean at the end of the day yeah I think I think for me that is it's helpful to think about like what is evoked in in an individual when encountering these things these natural phenomena or whatever. Um, I mean that just seems to be the the line of where you you might call it an affection or or an emotion. So that's how we define it. But you know now what like what do we do with it now? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the next question. So yeah, well, how do we? The question. Yeah, how do we how do we pursue it, or in what way do we pursue it? So Edwards would walk out. That's what I was, yeah, was going to say. Edwards, yeah. would. Edwards would walk out into the storm because he knew that that would help his affections towards God. Yeah, and there's wisdom with that. Like, <laughs> what what kind of storm are you walking into, and where? Like, are you walking under a tree when there's lightning? Then Edwards would. Yeah, go then the that's, forest. Yeah. <laughs> That's tempting God, I think. But <laughs> no, I, one of my favorite things to do, and I, I, it has always been enjoyable. But I think I probably did. <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? I, I mentioned one of my favorite things to do, and you start chuckling like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> um, leave that in too. Um, I uh, is is like when a storm is coming in, when that front end of the storm is coming in, to just stand out, to be out on the on the porch, yeah. you know, and it, it's just enjoyable. Yeah, and I don't know that I have any, you know, great spiritual moments, or I'm not sitting there uh, journaling down all the beauties of God's judgment that I'm thinking through. But it's just an enjoyable experience, and I, I think, I mean, that's at, at the basic level. I think any human can enjoy that and get something out of it. And again, it's just, is this going to drive you to worship the Lord or not? Mm-hmm. And I think in that you, you are affected by the storm Mm -hmm. one way or another and it's changing who you are even if in a minute sort of way just if nothing else even if you are a pagan to stand out there and recognize I am so incredibly small and that's either going to drive me to despair and fear or to some other god or to pride and trying to build myself up so that I cannot be conquered by storms and you know, fill in the blanks. And I think, you know, the Lord in, in His grace has even used that to drive forward human ingenuity and advancement. You know, mm-hmm. if, if a pagan can 
develop a storm shelter or something like that because of their fear. I mean, it serves mankind and, and you know, what they meant for not glorifying God, he uses to, to do so and, and preserve life or something. But yeah, I think whether it's listening to music, I mean, so I would say like, that's frankly, it's biblical. And that's, I mean, I've said it before, like the idea of lifting hands in worship mm-hmm. or clapping your hands or singing something or even saying something true out loud to, to pray the word or to, to declare who God is out loud is, is different than just letting it sit in your brain. Yeah. But you know, God uses physical things to change and shape us. And so, you know, you wisely walk into a storm to, to just encounter something massive and know as a believer, just trusting that you, you'll either just experience it and be like, wow, or God may do something even bigger in your heart to teach you something particularly true in that moment. But I mean, I think like, I'm all for intentionality. So like don't don't hear this as a knock on intentionality, but but sometimes I think you can just listen to music and just be blown away by it. And that's mm-hmm. that's a good enough motive and I think the spirit of God can even use that to unexpectedly cause you to praise. Yeah. Um you know, sometimes I'll have music on just as background noise for the purpose of drowning out noise around me. And then I'll get distracted from my task because something particularly moving comes on. And sometimes I might just be like, wow, that was that was really good. That sounded amazing. Or sometimes I'm like fighting back tears in a public place because I don't want to look like an idiot sitting there with headphones on weeping like a like a baby, a baby child. Like a baby. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I was thinking about music and kind of like what do we do now? And I, there was a time where because I was concerned about this distinction, am I experiencing an affection or am I experiencing an emotion and wanting to be careful of of that, that I, it's not that I, I certainly didn't discount music because it was, it's, it's helpful in worship. I mean, I, it's necessary, I think. It's biblical. But there was kind of a disregard for the worship or an encouragement to other for, so for the music and an encouragement to others to don't think about that. What are the words on the screen? What is the truth that's coming through? What is, what is God's spirit using through the words of the song from the scriptures to elicit affections in your heart? It's not the music. You can't pay attention to that. But, but I think the part of the, I guess, uh, impetus for bringing up this topic is that I've learned that we should let the music help mm-hmm. us, yeah. you know, or the um, people leading the music, or the people too. leading the music, or the congregation around us, That's as right. we are seeing, you know, their affections stirred. That's right. That's right. Um, so, like, that's so. I guess maybe don't. Yeah. While we need to be aware of that distinction, am I experiencing an emotion or am I experiencing affection? And again, those are my terms. I get it, but as we are aware of that distinction, we shouldn't be fearful of that distinction yeah. in worship. We should. Uh, let music fuel that emotion isn't sinful no in in that sense and i think that's kind of where people get more concerned as a christian oh i can't have an emotion i can't have an emotional response Mm -hmm. yes you can sure and you will and and that's That's okay (laughs) yeah but but where is that emotion steering you Mm -hmm. yeah and and what's what's the actual outcome of that emotion yeah yeah i i think you might. That's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier. Maybe a way to say it would be that emotions are unsanctified affections, or something like that. You know, it's it's 
something that God has built into us, but because of the fall, because of our sinfulness, it's not having its full effect yeah. on mm-hmm. us to, to lead us to know and, and worship God. But no, I think with the with the worship thing, I, I used to chase down Danny, our drummer, after worship because it was just clear that he was praising the Lord. Yeah. As he beats sticks on drum heads and cymbals. Yeah. And he was he as was he singing percusses. As he as he percusses, that's right. To percuss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but I would tell him like Dude, you, you helped me worship because you're worshiping God and, and beating this drum with enthusiasm and joy and clear worship in your own heart as you do this. And that that elicits affections in me. And, um, you know, similar if, if somebody is singing, um, I think I think you, you bring up a good point, Adam. I mean, we don't. We're, we're really easy to sin. Like it, we will make idols of all kinds of things. And so we'll either look at that person and idolize and turn our hearts away from the Lord, or maybe we'll even not turn to the Lord because we're distracted by a fear or something, kind of like you were mentioning, of, of not wanting to, to view that wrongly. And so, you know, that, that intentionality is, is good. And, and I think, you know, just some of us need to hear, like, you need to be intentional when you worship. Mm-hmm. And some of us need to hear, like, chill out and just worship the Lord and, and enjoy yeah. the things that he's given us. And and probably all of us need both of those things at different points in our lives. Yeah. You know, but. That's good. I was just thinking about how I've heard the same thing where it doesn't matter what the music is or it only matters what the music is <laughs> Yeah, on both sides. And Sometimes it matters. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> to the Lord. Well, I, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I think what was really helpful, I was just thinking about this. Like, could you imagine a huge thunderstorm rolling in and, like, the thunder was very, like, puny? <laughs> but, yeah, like, like, you have this or huge... Or like a kitten or yeah, something. Like, yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't communicate right. the truth of this powerful storm right. moving in and then the sound's like, no. And yeah, you're just yeah. like, well, well, that's well, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's where I, I think music is that, that great communicator of here's this great, awesome mm. truth, and your song is, meow. And yeah. you're just like, well, it doesn't carry the weight yeah. of this truth well. But then there's right. other truths where you're like, it doesn't need to be hard and deep. and all, it, it can be a light truth. Yeah. And um, I think those are... That's been helpful for me to think oh, through. That's and really good. I think that <laughs> now I'm just gonna think of this thunderstorm rolling in. And yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> I'm coming. Rain. Rain. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Yeah, those are good. What about art? I'm curious. I don't on, get it. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it either. You mentioned art earlier, uh, and I was like, oh man, I didn't have that one in mind. I, know, I got nothing. <laughs> A really interesting experience for me was going to the Chicago Art Museum uh-huh. with a friend whose mom was an art teacher, and I was just like, tell me what I'm not yeah. getting here, yeah. because I don't get this. Yeah. And he was able to explain a That's lot of... really helpful. And he was very able to help me, because he was very patient and kind, yeah. to walk me through some of these things, and it has helped me immensely to just be like, oh... There's a lot going on in here. And, yeah. yeah. One thing I like about that art that has helped me kind of, I guess, if I could see it, think of it spiritually, because I do enjoy art, and I don't, but I don't know 
what it is about art that I enjoy. Like I, in my first Samuel class, I have a ton of artwork from all the medieval guys and that I show them of these different scenes in the Bible of how different, how they've been depicted differently throughout history. And like, it's just so fascinating to me. And so if I had to like nail that one down, it may be just this, this, this natural capacity of humans to be image bearers and be creative, you know, that they can, you know, some of these guys, some of these artists, maybe even pagans, but they're, they're producing, um, a look on Uriah's face as he walks out of David's hmm. court yeah. to his own death that you're like, oh, snap. You know, yeah. like yeah. like that can be moving to me. That that That's the best I've got for artwork. But <laughs> I've um, seen the one, the one painting. The one, <laughs> but that kind of thing. You know, there was another one I saw a while back. I, I don't think it was Rembrandt's Paul, but it was... It, just the the one I'm thinking of, it may have been, but the one I'm thinking of just was this beleaguered old man that just looked content. Yeah. But and I'm like, no way! Yeah. How in the world? Not only did you you didn't just capture the look of this guy, like you created the this right. look, you know, for who we would think of as Paul, who's just been through Sheol and back. And is just contented to be found in Christ, you know. So, Bob Ross, <laughs> right? Right? Do you not know Bob I Ross? Oh my gosh! When were you born, son? <laughs> Sorry, this is like Caleb the, just this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be the moment when Oaks of Righteousness will forever be remembered. <laughs> the moment Caleb Sorry. found out who Bob Ross was, uh, big puffy haired painter. Oh yeah! Okay. Had a little tree I, over yes, here. Yes, yeah, happy trees. <laughs> yes. I know. For whatever a, reason, put a happy little rock over here. For whatever reason, millions of people spent what, like, twenty years watching him paint stuff for half an hour. Yeah. yeah. Watching him paint because you're just watching his creativity come out, watching things materializing, literally out of his own mind by using colored glue basically (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna take these raw materials and shape them into something that people just say wow so you know that's that's why i for me that's why it's helpful to think of of an affection as as like a sanctified emotion because it's like you know that rightly causes humans to say wow and then i think the spirit can take that and and point us to our creator Yeah. yeah um but but yeah like i totally i totally get what you're saying about about the art thing. I'm not a, I don't, I don't get art, but yeah, I've had, I've had a good, I had a good buddy in college that would walk me through stuff and here's what's going on with this. And for me, it's just that the intentionality of the artist is what I think moved me a lot of times to Mm -hmm. see, oh, notice this little thing he put over there and you say, oh, he, he put that in there for us. Like he was thinking about, he wanted to he knew enough about people to put this thing in there to elicit a reaction from us. He wanted us to feel something from that. And, you know, I think that's something that even connects us as people. Um, same, you know, the same thing with music. I was telling Kathleen the other day about this scene at the end of Return of the King when Sauron's tower is starting to fall and the, you, the music changes. Mm-hmm. So the composer took a theme that was very prominent oh, earlier sure. in the... What's that? Howard Shore. Howard Shore, that's right. He took this theme that had been present throughout the movie, which that particular 
string of sound was designed to evoke a, an unsettled feeling as the orbs are coming throughout the whole movie. And instead of being in the minor key, he shifts it to a major key as the tower as the tower is falling, and it, it puts the sound in a completely new light. Now instead of being one that elicits this this urgent like fear and unsettledness, now it's like triumph. You know, the, the tower's falling. Um, and I think any of us can can react to that and, and just be like, whoa, but I think it can be genuinely affective to us you know when when the spirit does take that and to either just say wow that was a great way to end the story but even more than that like takes it to a deeper level of story that's embedded in who we are and and longing for that kind of triumph and uh, you know Kathleen hates those movies because they're so long and dark it's like that's the only part of the movie that she she likes the (laughs) end and that's it and it's not worth watching everything to get to the end of all three of them that's right exactly exactly no, and like I've I've never done this because most movies I get aren't made like this. But think about watching that movie without the music. Like, have you ever oh, thought yeah. about watching a movie without the music? Star Wars. <laughs> like you would. Have you seen that? Have you seen this? No. Did somebody do it's this? The, it's the uh, award ceremony at the end of A New Hope when they're walking down. They get oh, the medals put on, yeah. and they they just take the music out and they put in a few other little voices. But it's you hear like. <clears throat> You hear the footsteps oh, oh, walking yeah. down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like think about that. Like it would be totally <laughs> anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. You're it, it's like, so like you're, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, to yeah. the max. You, huh. Yeah, you should watch that. It's pretty That's funny. funny. That's awesome. You should put up the link. Um, I, should put up the link. <laughs> I think I wonder the thought. This question goes through my mind related because both of you guys about art said you had someone that helped you understand it. Like I guess I'm thinking now to what degree of. Is there is there a range of being affected bait that is a spectrum or dependent on your knowledge of the thing? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Isn't that the same thing with okay, get John Piper in here with any verse in the Bible and then get me. <laughs> <laughs> and me. It's okay. Go ahead. No. no. <laughs> Go get, ahead. Get get like somebody that's been saved for fifty years but it's a bump on mm-hmm. the log. And you're going to see a stark difference between mm-hmm, sure. the way they look at it, and they're looking at the exact same thing, right. the exact same words, exactly. and Piper's mind the depths of that mm-hmm. and knows his God, and the other guy's like, man, it's God love the world. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so so there's, a, there's a range of, okay, here's Rembrandt's Paul. Okay, versus, do you know who Paul was? Yeah, do you know yeah. what he went through? Do you know what's going on in his mind and <clears throat> in his heart and in his whole life? Or even like, or I'm even thinking like, do you, do you know what it takes for an artist to, to create was that Like look. Rembrandt's Paul or yeah. my Paul, or yeah. a, a, an art student studying Rembrandt's Paul or me looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So then I guess out of that affirmation, I would say another what do we now do is learn. Learn music. Learn how music works learn what a you know learn how a suspended chord resolves because then you're kind of like ooh that was I remember learning that I heard that just now and it yeah it just so of course we're not going to be experts in everything but like the more you know the further you go that was an old you remember that one (laughs) (laughs) the rainbow rainbow bus that was the Saturday morning that's uh, right all the kids are at home watching TV so let's give them at least a good little what is that is that reading the more you know the further you go was it who was that it was one of the major networks they would 
teach you something, and then they would have this star with a rainbow thing sparkling behind it. Yeah, yeah. Come up and say the more you know. I do think there is a level of discipleship that goes into yes. into the affections. Yeah, that's right. We need guides. I think just being willing to mm-hmm. ask and say, I don't know anything about art. Please tell me everything you know so that I can enjoy this like you're enjoying Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about music. Please tell me about music. So I remember the guy who actually composed the music for this podcast was telling me about how there's always a theme in all these music. And I remember it was with Lord of the Rings where it finally clicked for him, where I was like, oh, you hear that in like every single one of their songs. And it, he's mm-hmm. just built everything around yeah. these few notes. I'm like, oh. And so now it's more fun and enjoyable that I've seen mm-hmm. these things. So. Movie uh, Signs does that as well. It's kind of a cheesy campy M. Night Shyamalamalamalam movie <laughs> <laughs> see that one we're <laughs> gonna need to define that and put it in the description of this podcast I have no idea what you just M. Night I don't know I just, nobody knows how to say it you just make up some kind of long name and it, everybody thinks you know what you're talking about <laughs> the guy that did Sixth Sense Bruce Willis no <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway there's a movie guy <laughs> who made The Sixth Sense, also wrote Signs, uh, which was kind of a goofy movie, but they used the same music theme through there. And it was a similar thing uh, where they just had this, like, two... I think it was, like, a two-note, just bum, 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 bum. But it, it was in a minor key. And then at the end, as, as the story is resolving, they shift it to a major key there as well. Anything else, guys, that we... Adam, is there anything else that you wanted to, no. to get in there as far as the affections? No, and I, I, that ended up being a lot better discussion than I was expecting based on your all's reactions in the pre-show prep. <laughs> Will? Okay. Yeah. Pre-show prep uh, for the last three years. That we've been <laughs> That's right. Um, please leave us a review on iTunes. We've already got two up there, so it won't be the first one. Yes. Um, leave us a review. Tell your friends family who might enjoy this about us and remember that there is ultimate joy to be pursued in this life it's found in jesus christ pursue him